Welcome to Write That Down, hosted by Jacob Novak and myself, Nate Ulrich. This is a podcast where two everyday creative people try to break through the noise and do creative things. Today, we're talking about our own comfort zones. We discuss how they influence what projects we take, how we expand our comfort zone, and challenge ourselves in ways to step outside of that zone. So, let's get into it. Now, Nate, let me... Let's just get straight into it. You know, we're talking about comfort Mm -hmm. zones. Let me ask you, what do you think your comfort zone is? And to make it a little less broad, what would you say you gravitate towards most in your creative endeavors? Uh, Kind of the the genre or type of project that you stick to uh, most of the time. It's a very good question. It's very broad still, but let me try to narrow it down. All right. So (laughs) what do I think my comfort zone is? Well, in short, my comfort zone is, uh, and in a creative sense, is sticking to the type of projects that I know I can do at the skill level that I have. For instance, if I know what type, you know, if I'm, I know I'm going to do a certain type of project, I know it's within my comfort zone because I know all of this, I have all the skill sets at a, a certain, I don't want to say mastery, but at a, uh, a certain level, uh, and I know the final, the outcome of the final product. Like I know specifically how good I can make Mm. it. Right. Of course there's external variables and stuff, but that comfort zone, let's see that comfort zone really is just me being comfortable in knowing exactly what I can produce. So when Mm. you say, what do I gravitate towards? Well, anything that I've really done before that I've experienced before where uncertainty isn't part of the equation. I mean, I think that falls within the comfort zone. Hmm. Uh, especially, especially if we're talking about, um, well, video, see creative works so different though. Every time you get a new project, there's new variables. Uh, so it's, I think it's a little more difficult to talk about comfort zone in that sense. Maybe it's similar for writing though, Hmm. right? If you know a certain kind of genre that you're, you're used to writing, that's your comfort zone. That's your comfort genre. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm thinking about now is just how I tend to stick towards the comedy drama kind of thing in what I write. Uh, I mean, Why Men was kind of in that vein. Losers kind of in that vein. And then there's another project that I have had kicking around my mind that I actually haven't talked to you about yet uh, that is kind of in that vein. Uh, and... It is interesting because there there are a lot of movies I love that aren't in that style or anything like that, uh-huh. uh, and it's it's a kind of just a thing of I want to try and and expand beyond that, but it's hard because I just don't know where to start, and it's the you know going back to last week, the doubt that creeps in, and it's like oh well I you know maybe someday. But then that maybe someday just get, get, keeps getting pushed further and further away. But I think it is interesting that you right. talk about the idea of, you know, anything that you've done before is in your comfort zone because you have experience with it. I think that is, uh, right. you know, uh, an interesting thing to bring up because if I were to, say, do... uh like a psychological thriller or something like that. Like I wrote Mm -hmm. something in that style. I'm wondering how 
comfortable I would be in that style after just having done one thing. Well, right. And that's that's important to know because just because you've done something doesn't make it a part of your comfort zone. But sure. it does help establish your comfort zone, right? No. So maybe you do something and it's entirely uncomfortable and embarrassing and, and scary and, and you get through it and you finalize the project and you're done and you realize, nope, that is not part of that comfort zone. I'm not going to do that again. Well, that helps you know, build that wall between what's your comfort zone and what's not. And, uh, you know, as we keep talking about this, we'll figure out, you know, is it important to branch outside of the comfort zone? Or if you have a certain set of skills, does it make sense to thrive within the comfort zone? Uh, And I think this is a very interesting conversation between, uh, you know, creatives talking about comfort zone and everyone else uh, outside of, you know, the creative world. Sure. Right. Because, you know, comfort zone could could literally mean from a working space all the way up to, you know, are you is are you going outside of your comfort zone to hike a mountain or jump out <laughs> of an airplane? Right. So the, it's so broad. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. So I think I think what you're talking about and what we were talking about in that if you do something, it'll help establish that comfort zone, whether you, what you are doing is comfortable or yeah. not. Now, so with you, uh, I let me get a little bit more specific. Because, I mean, I've talked about with my writing, the genres that I like to write in and things like that. In your work, may, maybe let, let's, let's narrow it down just a little bit to, do you feel comfortable in the narrative realm? Or is it primarily the, like, uh, more nonfiction docu style or marketing focused or things like that well i've definitely spent a lot more time doing marketing stuff right uh like the first time i was ever on set for a you know fictional comedy short was your your film right Hmm. and i wasn't even a, a really a major part of that and so I don't know what you asked who were. Well, <laughs> well, let me put it this way. I am certainly not comfortable writing, casting, being a production manager. Literally all of those things that you did. That is, yeah, hmm. entirely out of my comfort zone. But if you were to take a single piece of that and say maybe it's director of photography or, or somebody who's creative, whatever you want to call it, who who, you know does the job that I'm good at, which is, you know, find the, find uh, and shoot the scenes and then piece those scenes together. I mean, that's absolutely within what I can do. Now that's vastly different than creating a marketing video. Well, I guess I shouldn't say vastly different. That's, I guess, in a sense, similar to creating a marketing video where you're working with certain characters, you're working with certain um, actors and you're getting them to portray a story or something like that. Um, But everything outside of that, again, (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't want to do. Is that for certain that you wouldn't want to do it? Or is that just you don't feel comfortable doing it? I, th- I think I don't want to do it. Well, <laughs> I would do it. Hmm. But it's not something that I, you know, am energized about. Like, I, I don't if I if I see a project over here, I, I certainly have opinions on it. But I don't think I would want to t- take the time to, you know, find the best actor for this role and and negotiate with that actor and all of these like below the line like sort of things like you know 
I don't know. You, you know, I'm, this is outside of my comfort zone talking about it. I'm, <laughs> I have absolutely no idea if I would like it or not. I've always just kind of spent my time learning to edit and tell creative stories in varying manners. Uh, sure. And never taking that extra step to, you know, be that director of everything. Sure. Right? How has your established comfort zone influence the projects that you that you take on or kind of the jobs that you, that you gravitate towards um because mm-hmm. uh, i mean you, you're still looking to to learn things so it, it mm-hmm. can't be i i don't see you as someone who has a comfort zone and, and then trying to stick within just like right. that bubble uh how but how does that affect you, your process and and yeah. going out and, and learning new things I think I think the the most visual effect or the easiest way to talk about this is to I mean it comes down to pricing. So if something is out of my comfort zone and they've asked me to do it and I have to learn how to do it and mm-hmm. I'm not a quote unquote professional in that whatever it is, for instance, you know, graphics or animations or something like that. I mean, of course. I mean, of course I'm going to learn how to do it. Of course it's going to be something that I'm not used to doing, but overall the cost of what I'm going to charge is going to be lower. Uh, because of you know, there's other higher quality graphic artists and other higher quality animators out there that are going to be able to charge more because that's what they're very good at. Right. So it's easy to show like something outside of my comfort zone or something I don't do often isn't going to have the same price point as a product that I'm offering. Now, once once if I become sort of a again a professional at it and 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 I'm able to compete with some of the already other artists out there. Uh, then, then yeah, that then becomes a part of this comfort zone. And, and as we talk, we're going to see how comfort zones can expand and, and contract as we, you know, bring new skills into our, uh, set into our toolbox and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's good to continue to learn. It's good to continue to expand, uh, on the skills that you have. It's good to continue with trends because that's what's going to keep you relevant. But if you can become a master in the skills that you have, there's really no real need to continue to be, you know, subpar at a lot of things when you can spend a lot more time doing what you're really good at and charging a premium price for it. Corner your market, basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting because, I mean, you're right. I mean... Like I, I was thinking just as, as you described that, that mindset of, you know, I would charge more for something that I, I don't know how to do, but then other people who know how to do it are charging less. People are going to go to them. Mm-hmm. So then when do you find the Simple. time yep. to, you know, actually learn those skills and, and do you need to? And I, I think that's an interesting right. thing to bring up because, yeah, it's totally fine to just stick with what you know and and really hone in on that but also there is something right. to be said about just understanding as much as possible about a lot of different things and i think that just gives you more knowledge and insight into how you know your own mastered tools work mm-hmm. and things like that yeah like for for instance uh, right now personally uh i would not be comfortable doing a like a newscast or like a, a multimedia journalism um, 
live cut or live scene. Hmm. Uh, I would not be comfortable doing that. I haven't done that in a, a few years, but two years ago, three years ago, I mean, you put me in front of a camera and absolutely that's, that's my, that's what I thought I was going to be doing. Right. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, so the comfort zone continues to change. Uh, and I, I think it's important that uh, it's important that we know that it's not going to stay the same uh, as our skill sets change and as our interests change as well. Yeah. But that might be different for 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 writing, uh, and that also includes like the knowledge that we learn from reading other scripts. And like for instance, you're not going to write about stuff you don't know, and that may be one of the reasons why you're writing uh, you're writing fiction uh, because you're <laughs> you may not be a uh, expert in in a field for for nonfiction, right? Right. Yeah, and and that's what's tough about trying to expand beyond like my own bubble of comedy drama stuff, because more often than not, it's always rooted in some part of, or some aspect of, you know, my life or things I've experienced. Uh, and so uh -huh. it would be, it, it's sometimes it's hard for me to try and come up with a story that's outside of that. Uh, yes. Which I, I think really it's just a, a struggle of mindset because the way that my brain tries to see it is uh, just writing a story. For example, this is a, a random thing, but The Revenant, uh, a movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy, uh, directed by Alejandro Iñárritu, I believe is his name. Um, really good movie, uh, but it's based in like, uh, I think it's 1700s and it's, you know, a lot of one shot natural lighting getting mauled by uh -huh. bears and then sleeping inside the bear and you know a lot of <laughs> weird violent forest stuff yeah uh that i just <laughs> i have no idea about it i mean i was in boy scouts for what like six months so i don't know you didn't fight any bears in boy scouts what are you talking about <laughs> I made I made a one of those uh, molds of a deer prince that I saw one time. Oh, you know, wow. uh, real huntsman. Yeah, I I learned how to step quietly. That's about all I got. Oh. Uh, but just like that idea of of that's a a a story that's so rooted in in something that I have no experience with, and so my brain mm -hmm. tries to tell me, oh, well, you can't that I'm never going to do something like that. But what I think is important for me to realize uh, that I'm still trying to overcome is really, it's just all about finding elements in those characters uh, that I mm -hmm. can connect with uh, and finding and trying to, okay. I mean, I mean, this is a weird example because I, I haven't seen it in a few years, but with that movie, the Revenant uh, it's a lot about, you know, betrayal and revenge and and things like that which is something that's a, an innately human thing that you know most people might right. feel and so it's all about just taking those human emotions that you might have experience with and just finding a new way to you know express that and i think that's where i might be able to come up with those you know more off-brand genres for me to explore mm -hmm. and that's just something that is tough for me to I mean, it's easy for me to acknowledge. It's tough for me to actually act on right. is, is the problem, if that makes oh, any sense. absolutely. No, that does make sense. I think as the writer, you are, you know, 
going to be doing that kind of research and you're going to be, you know, embracing the idea and telling your readers the truth, which is these, no matter what I write, there's going to be some form of bias from my own lived experiences influencing what I write. Right. And as long as the author, as long as you don't try to hide that in any way, I think that's genuine and that's content that people can then relate to. Uh, And I think that's, that might be where some writers and creatives get into some kind of trouble when they try to fake that. I don't know if it's faking knowledge or just faking um, something that they're creating, uh, pretending that they, they know more than they do. Right. uh, I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Just, just like it kind of putting out a product despite your ignorance about what is about the content of the product, I guess. Right. Yes. 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 Yeah. And, and that's, that's, you know, it's something that can be tough because, you know, doing research, uh, you want to make sure you're putting out a product that is the most genuine that it can be, uh, by doing all of this research and things like that. Uh, but also you, you can't just take your own lived experiences Plus this Wikipedia page you read, you got to find the way to, to exactly. do the through line, yes. which is which is the hard part. Exactly. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. It's so easy f- to just utilize those or use those sources that are just right in front of us, right? Without really getting to know the story we're trying to tell. And so, I mean, all of this is still part of that comfort zone, right? And yeah. so, at what point, Jacob? Do you do you believe that you can add a skill or a situation into into that quote unquote comfort zone? Also, do you have it written down? I have what written down? Your comfort zone, or or what? What is? How do you feel if something is in or out of the comfort zone? It, it's a a bodily like feeling, right? Yeah, because I, I mean. I mean, I felt it. We we've mentioned one of my earliest projects was uh, part of the video production team at Juniata was the horror movie Red that I I co-wrote uh-huh. and helped with, and that was definitely out of my comfort zone because, I mean, even still, probably the number of horror movies I've seen are far fewer than most other genres, um, but I'm starting to to right. correct that. Um, like, what did you feel when, when you were put into that situation? Like for me, if somebody asked me to do something that I don't know how to do and I accept this project, I have a sense of, I don't know if it's anxiety or just a feeling that I might be getting myself into something (laughs) that I shouldn't be getting myself into. (laughs) I've made Uh, a huge mistake. (laughs) <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, Arrested Development. Yeah. Huh? See, I know it. There you uh, go. I I'm was wondering. To get, if you'd I'm starting to get them now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's a real feeling. Yeah. And it's funny that we have this comfort zone, and when we get when we step out of it, we get this this feeling. And I feel like no one talks about. Yeah. That. I mean that uh, that horror movie Red is definitely. I mean, there definitely was some nervousness about it, but it was a little eased by the fact that it was such a co-production. Like, there are other writers on it. Every member of the team was, you know, doing all these different things. So I I felt like, you know, there are a lot of people who had my back and uh, 
you know, we could all just work on it together. But it also was exciting because I was like, ooh, I actually have some ideas for this. Uh, and maybe they were super tropey and things that people had already come up with. But uh, I think that there is a little bit of excitement when you're doing some of those things, at least in, in some cases, that are just like, man, it, if I can pull this off, I would be really proud of myself. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. 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 The, the trouble is then you, uh, for in the future, if I'm writing by myself, that makes it a lot harder because I have to hold myself back from putting in a joke that doesn't fit. <laughs> no. Well, that's that's the 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 idea is when you've created and done a great job on something that you're not, you know, you haven't done before. There's that that I don't know if what serotonin or dopamine something oh, yeah. is released in your body and that's a sense of accomplishment that dopamine, you don't dude. usually you won't get right dopamine <laughs> yes dopamine you won't get from just completing or you won't get the same amount from just completing a project that you know you could complete right and i think we are that's why we like instinctively try to learn new things and accomplish new things is because we our our body rewards us in a sense right yeah that's that's also something that's tough even with things that are i say are in my comfort zone still have some elements that aren't like with loser oh yeah. you know being a, a comedy drama i'm still writing about like personal experiences with anxiety and depression and that's a hard thing to do uh -huh. especially when it's such a non-visual thing and you really have to you know think about the dialogue that you're putting on the paper uh and hope that it accurately portrays the feeling that i'm trying to get across and hope that it connects with audiences who have or haven't felt that uh and there is you know that element of of lack of comfortability with th things that that you feel or have experienced but just don't have the experience of actually communicating to a general public right. or, or, you know, worrying that you're doing something a disservice, I guess. Yeah. I guess to continue on, what does the comfort zone provide and uh, what does it fail to provide us as creators? Well, I mean, you talked about it a little bit when straight at the top, just the idea of uh, if I'm doing a, a video project and I'm, and I'm pricing something out or, uh, I just have a lot of experience that it gives you the opportunity to, uh, if the project is in my comfort zone, I have more of an idea of what I'm getting into and how long it's going to take. Uh, so there's that level of comfortability in just, I know the routine, but it also offers you another layer of, uh, now I feel comfortable in taking maybe a little bit more of a risk with this or, uh, trying something else on top of this uh project that i i know how to put together so i think there's that element of a comfort zone that is provided but i uh, i think mm -hmm. the idea of a comfort zone and talking about you know cornering your market might also you have to keep in mind that you don't want to get stagnant because if you're if you're going right. too routine with it you know you can be a master of your craft but that means you have to continue mm -hmm. to be a master of your craft as, you know, the art or the creativity of it, you know, evolves and, and moves forward and new products or technology are created, new cameras, new Adobe updates or whatever it is, you know, uh, and, and just staying on top of those things. It's it's 
a, a concern of just trying not to fall behind from the times, I guess. Right. I mean, just think of it in a sense of all of the folks who were doing photography with film and videography with tapes uh, and, and editing by literally slicing up. The t- I mean, that's something that is foreign to us. Yeah. Uh, and yet there are people out there, of course, who are still in the business yeah. uh, and had to adapt and change and develop. And you know what? The fundamental skills were still there of storytelling, of nonlinear editing. Well, I guess it would changing to nonlinear. Like the fundamentals of what they were doing were still there. It's just the, the actual shaping and editing of the story yeah. changed. And as technology changes and grows, I think we're we're at a, a place where you know we were part of that digital I don't know if you call it the digital revolution or just the internet in itself and and, and how yeah. technology is able to continue to build off, but we kind of have a foundation of what we're kind of we're going to be using the same kind of technology just in a uh, a higher quality probably in the next ten years, right? So we we kind of stepped in at right. a point where the biggest changes have happened, uh, and we don't have to worry about you know another revolution in a sense. Yeah, it's but, probably going to mostly just be like quality of life things until you know exactly exactly someone figures figures out four D technology or whatever. <laughs> Where we can smell video. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Remember those scratch and sniff <laughs> things? I was just thinking the other day of uh, going yeah. to, I think it was uh, Rugrats. Uh, it was whatever the Rugrats and Thornberries uh, crossover movie was. I think in a magazine, there's like a scratch and sniff thing for that movie. And I was just, it just reminded uh-huh. me like, why is scratch and sniff a thing? That's kind of disgusting when you think about it, right? Yep. Anyways, that's a tangent. Yeah. But yeah. 40 technology. technology. Wow. <laughs> yeah, too bad there's no preset for that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that would be yeah. disgusting. <laughs> uh, I think we've come to a conclusion that there's a foundation, and that is our comfort zone. And as we add skill sets that com- and, and branch out of that comfort zone, our comfort zone grows because we continue to do those things. And for instance, if I started doing something that I wasn't comfortable doing and I became comfortable doing it, it now becomes my comfort zone. So if you, if you, if you let me say this right now, Jacob, somebody who is skilled in a lot of things, maybe a renaissance person, yeah. is their comfort zone larger? Is it safe to say their comfort zone is larger than somebody else's? Yeah, I think so. I think it, it's it's basically if I think the wider the comfort zone is, and this is a, a generalization, obviously, there's probably some magician out there who can do do everything and do it perfectly. But the my graph orientated mind goes to I feel like the wider the comfort zone, the lower the ceiling is. Because there, there are going to be a lot of things that you have to keep up with and and just know about and things to master. Whereas I think the smaller your comfort zone, the higher that ceiling is because you're able to just focus on right. your specific market, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And if if the listeners out there don't agree with it, let us know what your thoughts are. Yeah. I think this is an interesting conversation, and we certainly are not experts no. <laughs> in by anything. any means. 
In anything, yeah. right? In anything. <laughs> Maybe experts in BSing, which is exactly what we're talking about. But yeah. uh, hey, you know what? Maybe a hundred episodes from now, podcasts will be in our comfort zone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> During our break, we just wanted to remind you that you can be part of the show by emailing us at askwtd at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, topic suggestions, or general feedback, feel free to reach out and we'll be sure to include you in a future episode. You can also message us if you have any writing prompts for future editions of The Brainbow or subjects to explore in our series The Art of Things. So once again, that email is askwtd at gmail.com. Anyways, let's get back to it. So, Jacob, in talking about the comfort zone, uh, obviously there's, um, and specifically in the in the creative realm of you know, uh, of freelance uh, versus like corporate, that comfort zone has to change, right? Because based on what we're asked to do versus what we're forced to do versus what we want to do, changes the outcome of our comfort zone. And so, you know. Do you think that somebody working in a corporate field, I know you've been doing a lot of, you've been doing some corporate work, kind of also in a freelance gig, but when your boss asks you to do something uh, outside of your comfort zone, you kind of have to say yes versus (laughs) when you're just primarily a freelancer and you're talking with a potential client and they ask you to do something, you by all means can say, that's actually not what we do. Yeah, you have any more in depth experience in that? Well, that that's interesting to bring up because I mean, yeah, with one of my earlier jobs, I definitely was doing, you know, a specific thing every week and just pumping out the same kinds of videos every week, and it was routine, and I know I knew what I was getting into. But then mm-hmm. the other sides of my more recent freelance kind of stuff that still was corporate. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, even though I w- it was generally keeping the same tone and the same voice for the company, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to branch out and do different kinds of things uh, for that company, which was kind of interesting. Honestly, it's interesting that, that you put it in those terms of if you're in a corporate job and you're asked to do something out of your comfort zone, you have to do it because my mm-hmm. brain in this discussion of freelance versus corporate comfort zones, my brain immediately goes to the idea of corporate. You have to keep that brand identity. And so it might be more of the comfort zone of, you know, trying to keep everything uh, unified and and together and kind of samey for lack of a better word. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas with freelance, uh, yeah, you can say no to projects that you don't have, but you, I feel like, when you're working with a lot of different people and companies and things like that, there's more of an opportunity to, you know, try different things and kind of expand your horizons of uh, types of videos you're doing or projects you're doing and taking on and Mm -hmm. voices you're putting into your work and things like that. No, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, completely. I also think that we should also distinguish between working for a large corporation versus working for a small, uh, business. Sure. Uh, 
you know, that, that, that plays a different role. And of course, different businesses and, and different managers and different leaders are going to, you know, treat you differently and, and stuff and yeah. not force you to do things. But I, I have heard some horror stories of, you know, marketing people and videographers and, and writers and copywriters and editors and stuff who, who have said, you know, like, you know, I was asked to do this and I'm not, I don't like doing this, but now this is sort of my primary role because no one else wants to do it. Uh, and whether or not that's a comfort zone conversation, uh, I think it's just horrible that some people have to go through that. Uh, and they have to say yes if they want to keep their jobs, uh, which is not fun. But on yeah. the flip side, you're right about the the freelance stuff. I mean, in a sense, you're the boss if you're you know working by yourself or on a small team, uh, and you get to choose whether or not you want to do the project. And in my situation, in my like personal freelancing stuff, uh, if I feel like I can produce a, a high enough quality um, product that is you know, worth, if, if it, it's worth money, it's better than what they could produce probably, then, then I'll take the bid and, or I'll give them a bid and see if we win it. And, uh, additionally, we would, you know, that would be one more skill set added to our portfolio, added to, to what our team could do or what I can do. And it just makes you, uh, even more, I don't know the word. Versatile. More likely to get, yeah, more versatile, versatile, versatile. I think versatile. I don't know why I just said versatile. I think it can go either way. No, but versatile flows off the tongue. I, I think it goes either way, but I prefer versatile. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I've heard it okay. both ways. Okay. Do you, you understand what I was getting at, though? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, we talk about, and I think this is just kind of the, the broader point of, you know, comfort zones as a whole is, uh, I mean, it's different philosophies to live by basically if you want to uh you know stick with one or two things and just and just master that as much as you can that's totally valid and just corner that market but i think and that's the best way to get into hollywood right say you're a great animator or you're a great oh, sure. product lighter or right yeah. like that's what they every production part of designer movie yeah. has a specific role yeah. yeah yeah that's a good point uh but you know there there is still something to growing that that comfort zone as much as you feel comfortable uh and and just trying to learn as much as you can because uh i think that versatility will just you know allow you more room to grow in what you've already mastered because it offers you different perspectives on things and i mean we talk about you know different ceilings depending on how big your your circle is or whatever but I, th I think it is important to have that adaptability and that versatility uh, just in, in the way that right. you approach work in general. I, this is, I think this is interesting. Uh, I think I'm going to go somewhere else right now. And I'm going to start. We're going to try to issue our, issue our challenges now. Okay. So, so I, what we want to do here, Jacob, I think, is that we want to try to do something outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. So I think we're going to, you know have a statement saying we want to do this by this time and perhaps this will take us outside of our current comfort zone and broaden our skills and and it could even be great to hear from the listeners if you know if you take this activity yeah and and you know go along with us and, and create some goals uh to you know broaden your versatility yeah i i, I right? really like that actually yeah 
join us in, in our goal. This, I mean, it's kind of a, a New Year's resolution in mid-July. Uh, but just, uh, just, you know, trying to expand your horizons and, and mm-hmm. try to do something creative that you wouldn't normally do. I, th- I think, yeah, it would be awesome to hear other people talk about that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so what do you have in mind for, for what you would want to do? And, and basically we're just thinking of just setting this as like a, a, a mid-year to end of the year thing. So maybe we'll check back in on these in December or maybe a little sooner, something like that. Here's a good one, Jacob. Ready? Okay. This involves you. (laughs) Oh boy. Okay. Disregard what I said at the beginning of the episode. I want to work directly alongside you in the creation of a, uh, a short series that we can work on weekly on weekends uh where you can write and create you know a story out of somewhere and and i'll be there to bounce ideas off and help support in both the filming the casting and the uh potentially acting yes uh so that by the end of maybe by 2022 we could have a small series that represents what we've been trying to do for the past, you know, since we graduated, sort of to make a goal in a sense, uh, to have something like that. Not not really for a portfolio, but just to to do. Uh, and that's certainly outside of my comfort yeah. zone. So, so basically, uh, uh, just so, so I understand, since now I'm part of this as well, and I mean, obviously, yeah, you would be part of mine as well, uh, but. So you're basically looking to create a, a series, mm-hmm. uh, a, a narrative-driven fictional series. Yes. Uh, with me that we could do on weekends. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Do Do you have any mm-hmm. ideas on like, like story or genre or anything like that, or is it just I want to dip my toes in, into this? I want to dip my toes into it, but I do have ideas. That's not going. That's not for this episode. Oh, maybe sure. it's for a, a project a, therapy, a, a brainbow episode, oh, maybe brainbow. or a sure. project therapy. Yeah. One one of the two, and we can absolutely talk about it. But I think the important part is that part of this is part of this that makes it out of my comfort zone is just the logistics of a long term project over several months where we only meet in person once a week. That scares the living bejeebers out of me because I like to have projects from day one to day 10. If it's that long of a project, every single day working on it and finishing it. So part of this isn't just the content that we're creating, but it is just the style in which we're creating. Uh, The the structure of it. The structure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like that. So then for me, going back to the idea of, you know, most of my writing wheelhouse is in the dramedy genre uh and this is tricky it's it's hard to put a a number deadline on these things but uh, for our sake let's just do this let's say i jacob novak would like to have written at least let's say 50 pages wow of a feature length screenplay in a neo-western noir style. Oh, 
because I'm I'm thinking specifically there like there are movies that I love that are in like my my five stars on Letterboxd uh, account that uh, are like I'm thinking of No Country for Old Men. Uh, I'm thinking of Hell or High Water. I'm thinking thinking of Sicario. Mm-hmm. Those things that are that just have that vibe that aren't like old timey westerns. They're set in modern day, but they just kind of have that that noiry neo neo western thing about them. Um, and uh, maybe the western is a little bit looser, but just the idea of the noir thriller thing uh, that I, I want to try to achieve. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna say fifty pages. That's based off of nothing. I just made up that number in my head right now, but. You know, enough to be like around halfway done, basically. Right. Okay. So not only is this, are these goals, but these are goals that are outside of something that we have either done or are comfortable doing. Yeah. And I think that's a wonderful way to, to set a goal. Yeah. And and we have each other to hold each other accountable. Uh, obviously, right. I'll be right. like, I'll be helping you and you'll be helping me. Uh Mm-hmm. listeners actually it would, it would be awesome if listeners just like wrote in with updates or questions that they had as they're trying to yeah tackle things uh yeah this is cool i like this mm. it is cool yeah. yeah yeah now i have to actually follow through same <laughs> that's the hard part yeah well i think that's a great way to wrap up the sh- the, the the show uh let's do a quick definitely not procrastinating yeah. how's that sound sure yeah for me uh, this is a little looser. It's kind of YouTube, but it's not mm-hmm. really a specific channel or anything. I've just been the past uh, few days. I've just been watching clips of uh, interviews of like uh, specifically Paul Thomas Anderson, who is one of my favorite writer mm-hmm. directors. He's done movies like There Will Be Blood, Phantom Thread, Inherent Vice. Things like that. Uh, there Will Be Blood is one of my favorite movies of all time. That's another five stars from me. Mm-hmm. That came out in 2007. Same year as No Country for Old Men. 2007 was a good year. Yeah, just watching interviews with him on his writing process. And just they're just like quick three-minute clips that just kind of get me motivated. It's like, yeah, I should actually do something. And then I continue to watch those videos instead of actually doing something. Uh, but just, you know. It, it's fun to just watch or listen to to clips of of people you admire and just seeing how they get things done and how they struggle with the same you know motivation mm-hmm. issues or things like that and just seeing how you can apply those things to your own work even if you know I'm working with no budget he's working with huge budgets but just still you know <laughs> finding that that common ground it's just I like listening to those short clips of of directors writers actors that i like so right yeah do you find it interesting that even though budget is always top priority the same problems and uh anxiety yeah are there whether you have a big budget or a little budget yeah right like they're the, fundamentally the or the entire project is always built around certain things and it doesn't matter if you've got a several million dollars to play with or a hundred dollars, <laughs> yeah. you know, your ability to tell a story isn't always about how much money you have. Yeah. It, it's just, it just helps accentuate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Yeah. How about you? I was telling you, I'm pretty excited for, uh, the, the next episode or the first episode of season two of the Ted Lasso oh, series. Yeah. 
Uh, so I actually haven't watched it yet. Neither have I'm I. I'm procrastinating on my not procrastinating. Yeah. So I don't know if that came out today. I guess today yeah. is the 23rd. Yeah, it came out today. So yeah. maybe I'll plan on watching it sometime this weekend. Yeah, it's probably I'm probably going to do that tonight. I'm excited. Yeah. I hear good things. I'm really things. looking forward to it. Such yeah. a good show. So, Ted Lasso. Yeah, such a good show. <laughs> I'm going to grow a mustache like him. <laughs> <laughs> mustache Morocco part oh. two. Oh, there we go. Now that's a story for another yeah, time. Yeah, that, that's another story, yeah. <laughs> Mustache Morocco. All right. All right, Jacob, where can the people find you? Uh, they can find me at Jacob Yesfeck on Twitter. How about you, Nate? Nate Ulrich 16. Same as always. All right. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Write That Down is produced by Nate Ulrich and Jacob Novak. Music for this podcast includes Answered by Ketza and Dream 13 by Punch Deck. You can find links to both artists in the description for this episode. If you'd like to be part of the show, you can email your questions or topic suggestions to askwtd at gmail.com. Once again, that's askwtd at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.